1: with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card. The volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, three and out podcast after week 17. Which is usually the final week of the season. Luckily, the owners, they love their cash. We love football as fans, so we get another game. So we still have week 18, still a lot on the line. I'm recording this midway through probably the third quarter. The Packers are killing, let me repeat, killing the Minnesota Vikings, who I think will be officially eliminated from the playoffs. The Packers will then control their own destiny to be the number one seed. The Tennessee Titans control their own destiny to be the one seed. Uh, The L.A. Rams control their own destiny to win the division and be the two seed. The Eagles are in the playoffs. The Niners and the Saints battling for one spot left. The Niners have to win in L.A. If the Saints win in Atlanta, if they lose then the Niners, it doesn't matter. Uh, The AFC, we get Chargers, Raiders win and they're in. Uh, The Pats officially got in. So we got a lot of playoff movement, fun times. I think Rodgers is basically the lock MVP We got Antonio Brown quitting on the field. Mike Vrabel continues to win football games. But obviously there was some crazy college stuff. I mean, the two SEC teams destroyed Michigan and Cincinnati, especially Michigan. That was a bloodbath. The Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, was just a fantastic game. Unless you had about, you know, five $100 bills on the Utah Utes to win Moneyline. I thought I was in the clear. I was already counting my money. And then they lost because Ohio State has an unlimited amount of wide receivers and running backs and got CJ Stroud, California kid. That dude can sling it. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast, three and out, share with your friends. You can find it on YouTube. We go live uh, every Monday at two o'clock Pacific Standard Time, Thursday, usually at 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I think coming into this new year, start having a weekly golf podcast on the feed as well. Golf season's back, baby. Tournament of champions. But you know, we got to start with the NFL because this is an NFL podcast. And this is a football podcast. And I love what I saw. I mean, who doesn't? I was thinking about it today after Joe Burrow's performance. You know, star players and the truly great players define franchises. They define coaches. They kind of define our fandom. And every team gets so lucky. Sometimes a guy falls into their lap. Sometimes they have like the forward thinking approach. And every once in a while, you just get gifted a guy that's an automatic home run. Like think about the Chiefs, right? Patrick Mahomes, who's one of the great players we've ever seen in the sport, took the sport by storm, MVP, Super Bowl champion. He got to sit here, year. And by no means was he viewed like a lot of people didn't even think it was a first round pick. So when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, it was like a big picture thing, right? He didn't even play his rookie year beside week 17, which was at the time the 16th game of the season against the Denver Broncos. And they they had a playoff game the following week. He didn't play. Alex Smith did, right? And I was thinking about it, watching Joe Burrow just eviscerate the Chiefs secondary with Jamar Chase. It's rare that like number one overall picks are truly ready to hit the ground running. Like Peyton Manning, it, it took some time. Like Shaquille O'Neal, ready to roll. Orlando Magic, immediately transformed. Ken Griffey Jr., next year he's in the big leagues, all-time great. And he's, you know, 20 years old. It's really rare the number one overall pick, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston. Like Joe Burrow. I I was watching a bunch of Madden content on the the YouTube, this little website that's owned by Google. And he was talking about, and John I think was a big part when he was announcing games, talking about guys that had it. And, you know, I, I think the analytic people always push back. Like, what does that even mean? Well, I think you kind of know it when you see it. Like, Steph Curry has it, right? Tiger Woods had it. Tom Brady clearly has it. This kid for Cincinnati, we saw it at LSU, but you'd never truly know in college. Tua was really good in college. This guy, looking back, his collegiate offense, he had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And Clyde, who was coming on before he got injured. So you went, well, is he really going to be this good? Even though it was hard to not watch him at LSU and love him and thinking this guy is a stud, I would take him number one overall pick. I think we all agreed for the most part, consensus number one overall pick. Then he gets there and he's like better than advertised. It was clear last year. Remember on a Thursday night game against the Browns, you're like, holy shit, this kid can play. But then he gets injured. And anytime you get injured early in your career when you're on a bad team, you just never know. He pounded the table for Jamar Chase. And I'm not a huge believer, and maybe it's just, you know, the scout in me to, like, really listen that much to young players. Of course they're going to want their friends. He was right. The Jamar Chase is freaking unbelievable. He has 13 touchdowns this year. 13. What, what those two guys were doing today, I mean, it, it was like Stockton and Malone 20 years into their career. Montana and Rice in 1989. Like it shouldn't be that easy year one. Now I know they played together in college, but still this is the Kansas City Chiefs teams that won the AFC two years in a row. Clearly one of the best teams over the last three years. Like we've ever seen in a three year run. They're a powerhouse and their defense had been playing really well. And early on in that game, I'm glad I didn't tweet it. I'm like, you know what? Cause I knew this. I knew the chiefs were a little offended and they would never admit this publicly, but like if you watch television this week, and I really don't, but uh, you know, the NFL network, ESPN, a lot of people were picking the Bengals. And even I thought some people forward me some stuff. I'm like, this kind of crazy. I saw it on the social media streets. I'm like, let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Bengals. They're not gonna beat the Chiefs. And then early on in that game, I look up and it's like 21 to 7. I'm like, oh, this is blowout city. But when you have quote unquote it, When you just got, like, you're going to be an all-time great player. Because if Joe Burrow stays healthy, he's going to be an all-time great player. Like, I don't even, that's not an opinion. I mean, that's just, he plays, he kicks ass, and he takes names. And they have sweet wide receivers for him. Sometimes you get a young quarterback, it's like, they don't have the weapons. Well, they got Chase, they got Higgins, they got Mixon. The tight end, 87's pretty good. Like, they can play. And he resurrected a franchise that was a joke. Obviously, they had had success. I know Bengals fans get kind of mad that they get lumped in with like the Lions and the Raiders. Over the last 20 years, the Carson Palmer teams, then the Andy Dalton teams, like they've gone to the playoffs a lot. But that transition of when they moved on from Dalton to what they became, the reason they got Burrow, they had the number one overall pick. And when Burrow got hurt, like you just watched him, it felt like a franchise going nowhere. But it was clear early on that like the franchise, when you watch that team play early this season, like they kind of believed. They played well. I'm not even talking Joe Burrow. I'm just talking the whole team. Like their defense flew around. And to be right now, have 10 wins, to beat the Chiefs at home, and to be, I mean, to win the division, that's incredible. It, it is an absolutely incredible accomplishment. I said this before the Rose Bowl. Regardless, win or lose, Utah being in the Rose Bowl is, is, is insane. If you would have told any human being, besides like Joe Burrow's family or some LSU fans, that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to make the playoffs, let alone win the division over the Browns and the Ravens? If I if I would have gone on this podcast and said that, you would have thought I was high on drugs. I saw Chad Johnson retweeted that he said that on first take like over the summer. But it was like he was biased. He was just saying that. He wasn't going to be right until he was right. Until Joe Burrow turned into an absolute flat-out superstar. Jamar Chase, I'm sure, shattering rookie records. I bet Randy Moss might have a few more touchdowns as a rookie. I have to go back and look. I mean, he's got 13 this year. It's just, it's remarkable to watch. It's why I love sports. Because I love the great players. Like, I watch sports for Peyton Manning, for Ken Griffey Jr., for Shaquille O'Neal, for Mahomes and Joe Burrow. I don't watch it for Sean Manning. I turn off the television. I got too much other things to do in my life when I really don't even have that much other things to do in my life. I just don't like watching average to below average players. I hated it when I scouted. Now I refuse to do it. And a game like today was a full-on treat. To see those guys, to see that individual playing that well, to do it against that level of competition, it was remarkable. Now listen, I know people are bitching and moaning about the referees. I, I I don't know, man. Like this guy deserved it. Last week, I thought the overreaction against a JV secondary in Baltimore was a little over the top. But then to come back and listen, Spagnuolo is calling the you know full on putting guys in man to man situations outside against Jamar Chase. Like that, that's on the coach. But Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are taking advantage of it. Their rapport and connection, like ps- ps- I think sometimes that rapport and connection clearly comes work ethic in practice. But a small percentage of people, most guys at the highest level work hard in practice, work hard to develop a rapport. But you can't make up what Stockton and Malone had. You can't make up what Steph Curry and Clay Thompson had. You can't make up what Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison had. Some duos are just hell what Tyree Hill and Patrick Mahomes have. Sometimes you just got it. And these two guys, they got it. What a remarkable win by the Bengals. I mean, what a remarkable season. Whether they win a playoff game, whether they get blown out in the playoffs, I don't give a shit. Just absolute hat tip to them. Mike Vrabel. I've been saying it for a while. If he had been a quarterback and coached offense like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, LaFleur, we would put him on a pedestal so high. He is 40 and 24 in his career as a head coach. His winning percentage is 625. They played the Houston Texans this week. He is going to win 12 games. He won 11 last year. He's going to win 12 this year. 23 games in two years. But the difference is this year, he hasn't had his best player, who's the best player on the team by, I guess, not a wide margin because A.J. Brown and Simmons are pretty good, but his most important player for when they play this game on Sunday to finish the season, nine games. He has missed Derrick Henry for nine games. A.J. Brown will have missed several games. I think four. Julio Jones is going to play half the season. And they still won 12 games with... I know Titans fans will, like, jump in front of a bus for this guy. But Ryan Tannehill's pretty average. And their defensive personnel, especially, you know, on the perimeter, is not great. Like, their secondary... Deion Sanders ain't walking through that door. Pac-Man Jones in his prime... I guess Deion never played for the Titans. But you know what I'm saying. And for them to not just win the division but control their own destiny to win the one seed, they play the Texans, they're gonna get a bye. They had moments in this season where it was like, oh, they kicked the crap out of the Rams at home. Oh, they, you know, they beat the Chiefs. Like this, they had some crazy moments, but when you look at their body of work, it's inc- what they just did against the Niners the other two weeks ago, it's remarkable. Mike Vrabel, how's he not the coach of the year? The number one seed when Derrick Henry missed half the season. I guess with 17 games, more than half the season? That's, that, that's that's nuts. Like, that's crazy. This guy is such a good head coach, it's stupid. But we don't give him his due. I mean, I do. But I don't think he gets talked about nationally because he's a defensive guy. If he was an a offensive play caller, we would speak about him like all the young stars. But we don't because he coaches defense and he's like a big, burly, old linebacker who just kicks ass and takes names and wins football games. The other big topic today was the Antonio Brown thing. And Antonio Brown at this point, I mean, today was, you know, insanity, but kind of bores me. It's just the same old takes getting regurgitated. One overall take I have is you need crazy people in your league. The reason the pro sports are so popular, because they have a lot of characters, right? You got star players, you got head coaches, and you got crazy guys. I say this all the time about the NBA. I, when I grew up in the '90s, you know, I, all three sports were massive. It didn't. Football was by no means hell. Baseball is probably the biggest, but the NBA with Michael Jordan was equally as big as any pro sport at the time. In the '90s, was the NBA's heyday. Do you know an underrated part about the the mid '90s NBA? They had absolute lunatics in the league, <laughs> from Rasheed Wallace. I mean, they had guys getting in trouble, starting fights, brawls, and you know what? It drew the consumer in. It was kind of fascinating. You can't just have, like Joe Burrow is an awesome player and him alone, like people will be interested in, but he's kind of boring. He's not going to say anything too crazy. Patrick Mahomes is a remarkable player. He's never going to get in any trouble. Like you need some guys pushing the envelope. This is ultimately a television product. We talked about it last week with John Madden. Like, listen, for as crazy as Antonio Brown today, and it was, when it was happening live, you're like, what is going on? And then obviously the information came out. He quit on the team, walked away. Like, that's not the worst thing for the NFL. (laughs) Like, you need some insane dudes. And let's face it, part of the NFL, you're going to have some insane dudes playing. Now, he's the tip of the iceberg. But I also, like, I don't... What am I going to say? He's an insane dude with a long history of doing dumb shit. And today, he did more. He just quit on his team. This isn't the first time we've had crazy guys in the NFL doing... The Buffalo Bills once had a guy retire at halftime. Now, Antonio Brown forced his way out of the Steelers, burned his feet off and forced the Raiders to cut him before he ever played a game. Went to the Patriots, got cut after a game. Bruce Arians was adamant. Do you know what Bruce Arians wanted to say today? I never wanted this guy on our fucking team. There's one reason we have him on his team. Because the guy that basically saved the franchise, Tom Brady, mandated that he come. And we capitulated because we needed some help and he's a good player. But like, I didn't love having this guy on his team. I also never talked about his fake vaccination card. If you don't think there are guys in pro sports, but definitely, I guess baseball hasn't had to have it, in baseball and football with fake vaccination cards, you're more than naive. You're just, you're wrong. I can't even imagine how many guys in the NFL gave fake vaccination cards. You would be, you'd have your head under the sand to think anything different. But. Antonio Brown, the reason he got in trouble, because he's such a moron, he couldn't pay a chef. I when, when you pay someone to do something, you have to, like, when you agree to a service, whatever it is, someone mows your lawn, someone cleans your house, someone cooks your food. If you say, hey, I'll pay you $10,000 for cook me meals for the month. You pay the motherfucker $10,000. Like, you're a complete loser. So to me, he's a bigger loser for not just paying the guy his money that he owed him. Because in, in my world, I have you can't lose respect for, for me faster than stories like, oh, this guy didn't pay. In any walk of life in business, I I, I, I don't want to associate with those type people. I have no respect. For, I was brought up to when you say you're going to do something, you do it. Now, if you go broke or bankrupt, you don't have any money, clearly he has some money he refused to pay. Antonio Brown is a loser. For whatever reason, Brady loved him. Well, obviously, he's a good player and he can help him out. And don't don't forget, he was good last year down the stretch. But this notion like today, every once in a while, these type things for the NFL are good for business. It's entertaining. You you need some loose cannons. You can't have every... You know why I find Twitter so boring? Because every single media person has the same predictable take on every fucking situation. When Kirk Herbstreet said that on Saturday morning, I could have told you every single person that I follow, their take was going to be. Everyone's predictable. You know what happens with predictability? It gets boring. It, I, I, it's hard for me to like stay interested. Now, I, if, I, if I was a fan of my team, I wouldn't want the guy to quit mid-game. But like, let's face it, it was a pretty entertaining moment today in the NFL. The guy's a loose cannon, and guess what loose cannons do? They do stuff like that. And then they disappear. And then they get cut. I mean, he's been cut by several teams now. The Raiders cut him. The Patriots cut him. The Bucks have now cut him. Should we be shocked that walks like a duck and quacks like a duck is probably a duck. Like if you do dumb shit, you're probably a moron. And it's like I, mental health. I don't even know what to say. Like mental health. He was cool enough to be there. They brought him back. You know, like he's just so, some people are just bad people. Why, why Why? is it hard to say that in 2022? Like this guy's just a bad guy. We, when I was growing up, people were just, oh, this guy's a good guy. Oh, this guy's a bad guy. He's no longer saying that. Like he's got some issues. We all got issues. I've never met one human being that doesn't have issues. Is there one person listening to this that doesn't have issues? This guy is just an idiot, a loser. Whatever happened to just being like, you know what Antonio Brown is? A great football player who's a complete loser. It's okay to say that. And clearly Bruce Arians said that today. Bye-bye, A.B. A.B.
2: NFL playoffs are almost here, and to help you stay on top of the action, FanDuel Sportsbook giving you a $10 bonus when you place 20 bucks in a same-game parlay bet. Hey, Cleveland's out of the playoffs. They may rest starters. Why don't you take the Steelers and the points? How about the under? That's not bad, right? Monday Night Football, fast payouts, easy to use, safe and secure. Lock in some winners today. A $10 bonus on FanDuel. Are you new to FanDuel Sportsbook? Sign up today! Promo code Colin and receive a risk-free bet up to a thousand bucks. Promo code Colin exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Twenty-one plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia or West Virginia. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund ten bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Visit fanduel.com/rg in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Red Line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text step to 53342
0: in Arizona. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage,
1: and quicker post your job for free at linkedin.com slash john that's linkedin.com slash john to post your job for free terms and conditions apply the sec championship is now the college football championship alabama georgia clearly the two best teams Uh, i i said that i thought cincinnati could upset them they actually played them pretty tight but the quarterback, Ritter, like, give, give me a break. Like, I ain't drafting that guy high. Uh, and Michigan, they just got their ass kicked. I mean, Georgia Georgia destroyed Michigan. That was an absolute bloodbath. Uh, I, I mean, it'd be hard to bet against Saban in this national championship. That would be my pick. Just because in what world would you bet against Nick Saban? And then the Rose Bowl was – I had this thought. Ryan Day learned football from Chip Kelly. It was like his mentor guy brought him into the NFL. Uh, I think linked him up with Urban is, the, is how he ended up at Ohio State because Urban and Chip were buddies. Ryan Day is an incredible offensive schematic guy and recruiter. Their their passing game post-Urban to Ryan Day and the skill set, the skill guys they have at wide receiver is mind-blowing. It's stupid. It's why when everyone said going into the Rose Bowl, like, what's Ohio State going to do at wide receiver? I don't know, play some 19-year-old kid who's going to be a future first-round pick, who's probably incredible in practice for the scout team. They're going to be fine. No, I don't follow Ohio State's recruiting, so I didn't necessarily know who, I didn't know Marvin Harrison Jr. was on the team. But the moment you see Marvin Harrison Jr., like, what do you think about his genetics? Do you think think his genetics helps him be a good football player? Last time I checked, his dad was in the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr., shocker, he's good at football. They have a star quarterback. Their passing game is elite. Their skill guys on the perimeter are NFL level. They they feel like Jefferson and Burrow at LSU. And C.J. Stroud is like a Burrow-like guy. I mean, C.J. Stroud is a smooth cat. But like Chip Kelly, like obviously they won the Rose Bowl and it was a big deal because you want to win the game. You don't want to lose. But God is Ohio State soft. I mean, their culture under Ryan Day, they can really score points. But Oregon shoved them around. Michigan shoved him around. And Utah was doing everything until their quarterback got KO'd. Utah was scoring on them with ease. So if Ohio State wants to compete with Georgia and Alabama, which is who they're trying to compete with, not Utah, they need to get tough again. What happened to Ohio State's toughness? I have zero worry about them scoring. They have an elite NFL quarterback. They have an unlimited reservoir reservoir of wide receivers. And they can clearly recruit. You know, He can find those guys with ease. But they, what happened to their toughness, their grit? Because when Urban was there, they were doing that, and they were molly whopping dudes on defense. And they just hired a defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State was awesome on defense this year. But if they want to be what their expectation is, and that's to be in the playoff, and that's to be in the national championship game, and play with Bama, and play with Georgia, and play with Clemson. Clemson, I'm sure, will be back. Well, maybe not. We'll see. But definitely Bama and Georgia, who are now the bar. You got to get tough again. And this, a lot of pressure is on their new defensive coordinator because Ryan Day is just not a tough guy. He's an offensive scoring guy, which he's awesome at. But And I also had this thought, and I know they had a rough day. Besides like Alabama, (laughs) I don't know who would have covered those wide receivers. I I don't know how, looking back, how did Michigan beat them? They just shoved them around. I mean, I know how they beat them. I watched the game. But I, I had the thought watching Kyle Whittingham. You know, his defense is usually, that was one of the worst defensive performances you'll ever see from Utah, especially on the perimeter. They've always had NFL defensive backs. They have a ton of guys in the NFL at corner and safety. So that, that is not normal, that performance from their defensive backfield. They will be better. They're going to give Lincoln Riley trouble because they always have NFL defensive players. They always can play well in space, and they always hit hard. And Kyle is a defensive guy. Like, Lincoln's going to... It's going to take him a little while. I saw today a recruit went to Oklahoma over USC. Now he's a running back. But still, like I... I do think the transition for Lincoln Riley with Utah, Utah's got everyone coming back, that quarterback they had rising. That guy's a stud. That guy's a big-time player. I didn't realize he was that good. I mean, if he doesn't get knocked out, they, they probably win the game, even though the backup quarterback that came in actually played pretty well, too. But it was just... I You know, there's no such thing as moral victories most times in life. Sometimes there are. Utah was... Uh, they've been in the Pac-12 for like a decade, less than that. For them to not just be in the Rose Bowl, but go toe to toe with Ohio State, and I know Ohio State had opt-outs. And the other thing on the opt-out, that's a conversation that's been going left and right. Like I, I, I fall into a pretty easy category, and I've thought this way for the last two years. Just do whatever the fuck you want to do. I, just worry about yourself. Do whatever you want to do. If you want to opt out, opt out. If you want to play, play. Matt Corral wanted to play, and Matt Corral said before the game, I know what I have on the line. How could I not play when these guys that would be out here playing are the reason I have what I have on the line? He wanted to play in the game. So if he wants to play, play. If Olave and Wilson, the wide receivers of Ohio State, don't want to play, don't play. Now, if you're a six-round pick and you're opting out of a game, I can call you, I can say that's a dumb decision. I can say you could make money depending on your opponent. Matt Corral, who I texted around, most people I talk to don't think he's a first round pick. If Matt Corral would have thrown three touchdowns against one of the better defenses in the country and Dave Aranda, the the head coach of Baylor is also, you know, a great defensive coordinator and that defense, he could have earned himself some credit. Now he got hurt. Luckily, it's not that big of an injury. But as everyone said on social media, he didn't die. He's gonna be okay. You know, I the guy wanted to play. Let him play. If you don't want to play, don't play. That's my take. Do whatever you want to do. It's 2022. If you want to do something, do it. Don't worry about me. I won't worry about you. Can we get back to that uh, lane in life? You know, as long as you don't infringe on my shit, I won't infringe on yours. If you want to do something, do it. If you don't, don't. Isn't that how society's always worked? Why are we freaking out about college football now? If you want to play in the bowl game, play in the bowl game. If you don't want to play in the bowl game, don't play in the bowl game. But if you're if you're not played in the bowl game because you have an NFL career, you better be a pretty high pick. Because if you're like a fifth rounder, I might judge you a little bit. Because you could earn yourself some money. The way you earn yourself some money in football is put on good tape against good opponents. Now, if you're a top 50 pick, Kenny Pickett, I had no issue with it. Who cares about that bowl game? If Matt Corral wanted to sit out of the bowl game, I would have had no issue with it. But when Matt Corral gave his explanation why he wanted to play in the bowl game and then played the bowl game, I said, good on him. Do you. I, I, I'm a big believer in do what you want to do. I'd be a hypocrite if I said anything different. That's how I live my life. I do everything I want to do that doesn't screw with anyone else beside my competition. <laughs> but like, I, I don't, people are so caught up in trying to tell other people what to do. I, it's, it's, nothing bothers me more just let people be. Adios,
2: the volume.